Welcome to Singled Out, your ninth best gaming podcast. Please stand by. episode 118. In this episode Andrew talks to Jason Farley about Pano, how they are played and how a new player can start I to play was five them. and he was six. We rode on horses made of sticks. He wore black and I wore white. He would always win the fight. Bang, bang. He shot me down. Bang, bang. I hit the ground, bang, bang, that awful sound, bang, bang, my baby shot me down. Seasons came and changed the time, when I grew up I called him would always laugh and say, remember when we used to play, bang, bang, I shot you down, bang, bang, you hit the ground, bang, bang, that awful sound, bang, bang, I used to shoot you down. Hello and welcome Music to Single Out, episode 118. Um, the one where we talk about more infinity. Uh, today I've got Jason on. Hello. Hello, hello. Um, Jason's kindly um, called in from um, the other part of the world, uh, literally not of any planets to me, um, to talk about um, Panoceana. Is that right? Well, hilariously, as some of the Corvus Belly guys figured out um, about a year ago now, we, we are exact antipodes to parts of Spain, as it are turns really? out. Yes. Um, the North Island of New Zealand, basically, if you drill a hole through the world, would come out smack in the middle of Spain. So uh, my place up in Auckland actually isn't too far from Vigo, where uh, the uh, Corvus Belly crew are. So you and Corvus Belly can make a world sandwich then? We can, when we want to. <laughs> have to get done. Um, is it Panoceania or Panoceana or Panoche? How do you say it? Um, I, I've always been a believer in the big brother Panoceania pronunciation yeah. um though i've i've heard panoceana from time to time um but I, I it just doesn't feel right so this is going to be a sort of beginner's um 
introduction to the um to the uh, faction um if you want a more advanced uh, episode uh, maybe try white noise it's pretty good um they are good aren't they <laughs> yeah they are pretty good it's also the only australian podcast i've heard that isn't full of swearing yeah, they, uh, i've been listening to them and lots of lots of lieutenant quite a lot um i find both of those two australian outfits are pretty good for the more advanced stuff i haven't heard that one actually is it good is it yeah they they, they ca- occasionally interview one another and they're they're well known for their hot takes a little bit hotter than white noise tend to be <laughs> you can't be a good hot take it, exactly nice and spicy <laughs> <laughs> like my good my, like my good friend Vol- SC, who will be familiar to many of the international crew um, from his uh, TTS and YouTube. Um, he's a member of my local meta, and uh, he he too is a fan of a, a nice spicy yeah, hot using, take. Yeah, using his TTS um, was quite a lot, really. I mean, my only real games of N4 have been um, over to TTS. It's been a great resource. All the 3D models scanned in and everything else. Been oh, now he would want me to remember... <laughs> This is where he would correct us because the actual TTS mod was designed by someone else, and he's always very quick to jump in and say, "Actually, I wasn't the one who designed the mod." But now I can't remember who it is. But Vol would be very quick to jump in in this moment and correct us and say, "No, it's not. It's not his mod. He just ran the okay. 3D model project for we, it." We apologise, Vol, who almost certainly isn't. His... <laughs> um, so, um, so. Panoceania, uh, basically, they are the Ultramarines of Infinity, I guess. Um, what's it? Isn't it? Um, they're all they're all blue. They kind of well, they're probably probably the Space Marines of a, of Infinity. There's there's certainly plenty of flavors. Uh, yeah, but uh, the blue the blues um, there certainly waves They certainly aren't. But in terms of you know a lot of power armor, a lot of high tech stuff. Do you want to go, give a sort of broad scope idea about uh, first of all? Let's go into the background briefly. What the faction is, where they're from. Okay, so, well, in a setting history perspective, and I can't resist this as a historian, um, Panoceania is an alliance which emerged in response to the growing strength of China. So in a very real way, um, the development of Yu Jing as a force in the world of infinity um, creates Pan-Oceania. Um, it's originally Australia, New Zealand, and Indonesia who come together and then pull a number of other countries, um, including the likes of India and the Philippines, into their orbit um, as countries scramble to protect themselves from the growing political and economic strength of China. But then Pan-Oceania becomes the hyperpower, as it is called, when it is the first to discover habitable planets. Um, And in the Infinity setting, um, Panoceania is the only faction to have multiple complete systems under its control. Um, So Panoceania completely dominates three whole stars our systems and then has significant holdings in virtually every other star system yeah unlike a lot of sci-fi um like star wars star trek and so on not every not every nation has their own planets do they so actually a lot of them are shared aren't they still yeah um i mean uh, there's there's a history of wars um called the neo-colonial wars uh, largely fought between panoceania and yujing um, with varying levels of involvement um, from the other factions. Um, the first one largely being fought over Svalheimer, 
um, the planet that's split and the system that is split largely between Pan-Oceania and Yujing, and then the second one being fought over Paradiso, largely, um, the other major system that had been split between Pan-Oceania and Yujing before the combined army showed up yeah, and ruined yeah. everyone's party. Um, so they're kind of the most high-tech of factions. Um, they've got the, kind of the flashiest toys, haven't they? Yeah, Panosionia sits in an interesting place from that perspective because there's there's always Aleph, right? Um, the 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 super intelligent AI herself has her own military forces, and so the forces of Aleph kind of sit at the apex technologically. But um, one of the things about Panosionian society is that Pano is the um, is the power that has opened itself most fully to Aleph. So uh, a lot of aspects of Pan-Oceanian society are completely managed by Aleph, and Pan-Oceanians have a very high level of trust for the artificial intelligence um, and rely on her almost completely for whole sections of operation. Like the Pan-Oceanian power grid is completely controlled by Aleph. Pan-Oceanian communications are completely run by Aleph. Pan-Oceanian traffic and air traffic control is all done by Aleph. Tactics. Right. So, yes, um, tactical armored gears are the pocket tanks of the Infinity Universe. And that's really the piece of technology that Panoceania is absolutely the best at. Um, Panoceania has the best tags. She has the widest variety of tags. Um, most of her sectorials have um, two different tags, usually a light tag and a heavy tag to choose from. Um, and those individual tags, pound for pound, are usually better, better um, at better targeting um, than their opposition, um, and, and for their cost, superior. Um, but generally speaking, the thing that Panosania excels at is shooting. Um, if you look at a regular Panosianian line trooper, the thing that defines them is that they have a ballistic skill which is one higher than basically any other equivalent trooper for the same cost. Um, so a 10-point Fusilier has a ballistic skill of 12, whereas an Alguacil, um, the Nomad Alguacil, um, will have a ballistic skill of 11. Um, and if we look at the line troopers in Hakislam, um, or in Yujing, likewise, um, they're behind in terms of their ballistic skill. And that's the that's the key defining feature that we see reflected across the entire faction. Um, Panosiania is the best at shooting. Um, she has superior targeting technology, often has superior visibility mods. Um, quite a lot of units have access to MSV units so that they can negate other units' visibility mods. And they will usually have good access to high-burst, high-damage weapons. Um, Panosiania is the shootiest faction, um, and in a game that's all about shooting hard, shooting fast, and shooting furthest, um, Panosiania uh, is is the best in what is, to a very large extent, yeah, so the most if it's a, aspect of the game. I mean, Infinity is largely a shooting race game. Um, I mean, because combat is, is there and it's lethal if you manage to get good at it, um, mm. but it's a shooting race game. So what stops Pano from just dominating the field if they're the best? Um, I, I get the, the first thing, of course, is an excellent balance in terms of points costs. Um, while Panosianian units will have that one point more ballistic skill, um, generally speaking, they are paying for it. 
Um, and those sorts of attribute bumps do end up being quite expensive. Um, so at the at its peak, um, at ballistic skill 15, an equivalent Panoceanian trooper is paying around about six points more than a um, than a matching unit that we might see in another faction um, at ballistic skill 14. And that ends up being quite yeah, significant does, yeah. when you um, calculate it across an entire really? force. Um, but on top of that, in return for her peak game, game peak shooting, um, Panoceania gives up quite a lot. Um, so Panoceania is designed as a regular um, fighting force. So she has very access to very, very few cheap irregular troops. Um, she doesn't have access to a lot of skirmishes. Um, strong midfield game can be difficult for um, Panoceanian armies to put together. She has absolutely no access to warband units. Um, so cheap units that are often effective for trading up are something that Panoceania simply doesn't get access to much of the time. No, not at all. Um, sometimes we can fake it. Um, we use um, synchronized robots um, in a similar fashion. Uh, so the Palbot um, is a heavy flamethrower toting um, remote that operates alongside a number of Panoceanian units, and, and that can fill the role of a warband some of the time, um, but it can't do it entirely, and um, it is attached often to a fragile unit which you can't afford to throw away. And um, the other key aspect of the game that Panoceania misses out on basically entirely is smoke. Um, there's a single unit that can fire a clip smoke, and that's one of the elite guard units um, for the Acontesimento, the Garda de Assalta unit for the Acontesimento sectorial, um, and a, a single orc spot with a ballistic skill of 10 and a, an Eclipse smoke grenade launcher. It's literally the worst smoke platform in the entire game, and it's literally the only smoke oh, the right, entire it's faction been has access to. So, uh, yes, well, I mean, the unit exists again now that Acontesimento is back. Um, we do have the Garda de Assalto there once more. Um, as of the November tranche of releases um, for the discontinued sectorials. But yeah, you can't buy a um, Garda de Assalto model at the moment. Um, to be fair, that it was an older model. It definitely needed replacing or updating. Um, but the, the, the thing is, basically, Panoceania doesn't have the tools to avoid firefights. Um, if you can face a Pano player down, if you can pull their teeth and eliminate the core pieces that they're going to use to dominate shooting, um, and you know, usually, thanks to SWC restrictions, there will be at most three or four of those long-range, high-burst, dominant um, heavy weapons. Um, if you can eliminate those, Panoceania is completely shut down. Um, if she can't win long-range firefights, um, she can't advance because there is no other so option. So if you're a new player and you want to get into this sort of high-tech, high-shooting faction, um, what's the sort of best way of getting into it? Well, the Pano starter pack uh, is quite a good place to begin. Um, the oh, I used to recommend Operation Ice Storm. Um, I guess now it is um, Operation Cold Storm. Cold, Caldstrom, sorry. Operation Keldstrom. Um, it, it, it's a it's a box which comes with a relatively good set of um, starting units. 
Um, and while I wouldn't necessarily recommend Beyond Caldstrom for a variety of reasons, um, my recommendations are usually the same for pretty much any faction. Um, start with the basic data pack. Um, the six model starter boxes are excellent. Um, there are very few of those that aren't good value for money. Add the support pack and add a couple of boxes of your um, forces remotes. So in this case, um, the Panoceanian drone box bot. Um, drone bot <laughs> box, sorry. <laughs> Stuttering myself to death. And after that, grab a couple of heavy infantry that you like the look of, because you really can't go wrong. Um, it's very easy to pick up a whole bunch of high-cost, high-SWC units very quickly for Panoceania. Um, a lot of those heavy infantry um, and elite light and medium infantry units are very attractive models. Um, but you'll need to have the basics. You'll need to have your support troopers, your trauma doc, and your machinist, and you'll need to have remotes. You will learn to love Fugazi. Flash Pulse Bots, and Pathfinder Forward Observer Combi Rifle Remotes um, for their sensor and their Flash Pulse and their mobility. They are fantastic, and though they exist in every faction, um, they have an especially important place in so If you're looking at, um, at Pano and you, you want to play this shooting faction, um, there's often a lot of talk about vanilla compared to sectorals. Um, so Pano has in production currently three sectorials, he says, checking quickly. Three um, sectorials. Yep. Three sectorials in production. Yep. Uh, military orders, Varuna, and Zval Helmware, and Vanilla. Um, so, okay. So I'm um, controversially, uh, I am going to state that right now, a starting player should not be considering military orders. Ooh, what's up? Um, we have been told by Corvus Belly that military orders are receiving an update in 2020. In terms of rules or miniatures? One. Um, and in the state, uh, both. Um, and in the state that they currently exist at the beginning of N4, they are at best marginally playable. Um, and I would consider them to be an army which is really suitable only to experienced oh players. Um, a, a new player beginning with military orders right now at this point in N4 is likely to very quickly find themselves frustrated because many of the most attractive units, <coughs> um, which seem like they will be a lot of fun to play and the most interesting builds which will immediately draw players, for example, Joan of Arc is a an excellent elite character who is at home in military orders. There is a special five heavy infantry um, fire team called the Crusade fire team, cool. which will appeal to a certain uh, mindset yeah, yeah, of like player. That. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, with Joan and four knights hospitaller. Um, but the problem is that is a terrible formation which is not effective on the tabletop. Come on, it's called Crusade. Look at it now. Show me what... I'm going to massive swords. working here, because look, she's got she's got explosive sword, she's got high CC, uh, she's Joan of Arc in power armor, she's got four of the knight dudes with her. How can that be bad? Show you working here. Um, okay, so, and, and we're going to get a little technical here. So for those new players, I apologize. Well, it's um, brand new, completely brand new. Um, pause... Um, but you can hopefully follow along a little at home. Wiki, read all of that, and then come back yep. in about five days. 
Well, Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc is a, a great example of a of a top-end elite Panosianian heavy infantry. She's ballistic skill 15. Um, she has... <laughs> oh, yes, she's absolutely outstanding. Um, so, I mean, but that's what elite Panosianian heavy infantry have ballistic skill 15. Um, she's also strong in close combat. She's got CC 23, level 3 martial arts. Um, she has plus 1 damage on her ballistic skill attacks. Unusually for Panosiania, willpower is normally a weakness, but um, Joan has willpower 15. Um, she's got armor 5 and BTS 6. She's a monster. Um, she's got a multi-rifle, a nanopulsar, and an explosive close combat weapon. She is a very strong, very flexible unit. Now, um, if you take her as your lieutenant, and you should, because if you don't, you are missing out on triggering one of her most powerful abilities that you are paying points for, her inspiring leadership gives every single unit in your army courage, and it turns all of the units in your army that are irregular so those into troops regular orders. So this is fantastic. Quite a big deal. Indeed. They had that in Ariadna, don't they, with Wallace, right? Indeed. Wallace has it in Caledonia, and in Caledonia, Wallace has access to an unlimited number of six-point nutcase irregulars that he can use to fuel incredibly powerful teams. But here in military orders, Joan has access to only two irregular troopers. So immediately, what appears to be an incredibly powerful ability, inspiring leadership, turns out, in fact, only to give her access to a very small pool of additional orders. Plus, if you grab Joan, and you, um, who is 45 points, and then you grab a team of Hospitaller Knights with her, so you probably want a machine gun, you probably want to take a doctor, and you probably are then going to take a couple of cheap boarding shotguns because at ballistic skill 14, plus three for the fire team, plus six coming around the corner with a boarding yeah. shotgun. This is one of the only times in all of Infinity that you can get over 20 with a ballistic skill attack. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, and um, it <laughs> warms the cockles of my Panosianian heart every time I do it. Um, the problem is that's 173 that's points. It's a lot. <laughs> it's more than half of your army. That's and now that's, that's less than it used to be. <laughs> it's less than it used to be. And um, uh, to be fair, you're, you're, this is a unit that, had, that covers a lot of the um, difficulties um, of, of, um, of heavy infantry formations because it's very dangerous in close. Um, it's strong in close combat. Um, thanks to the boarding shotguns, it's got good templates. It's bringing its own specialist along. Um, if you really want to spend more points, you can build, pull in another character, da Gabriel DeFerson, who's also a hacker, um, who brings um, also killer hacking, so he can um, do hacking himself and he can help protect from hacking too. Um, he's another 50 points though, so he makes it even more astronomically expensive. Um, the problem here is that um, you're simply putting too much into too small a part of the board. Um, you're leaning too heavily into a, a unit of troops that have to be offensive, um, but it's got your lieutenant in it, and um, while they do have access to chain of command, the chain of command that they have, again, is over 50 points, um, so it's painfully expensive to be able to field, um, prohibitively expensive, really, if you're spending 173 points already on your um, Crusade fire team. There's no way you can take a Knight of the Holy Sepulchre um, to back up, really, um, with chain of command. 
And um, so if Joan does go down, uh, you are in big, big trouble. Um, and the problem is that if you buy the starter box, this is the exact fire team that that starter box is designed to encourage you into. And um, it's not good. And it's hard to play. And while an experienced player might be able to get a lot of use out of it, a new player is just Good going frame, to get you can help or be attracted to and the box be fun. with the living models in, you know, and then realize they can't play. <laughs> yep, yep. They're, and, and they're going to have, have a... They're, they're, being, they're being told that they're buying a complete army in a box, and it's very close to being true. Um, but true. the problem... Is it's not a great, it's not a great, it's not a very effective army. So what about um, um, and it will let them down. And so our other options, looking away from military orders, Varuna and Svalheimer. Um, Varuna was one of the champion armies of N three. She is a relatively strong light infantry focused skirmishing force. Um, and in a lot of ways, Varuna covers off many of the weaknesses of Panosiania very well. Partly that's to do with access to helots, who are an excellent defensive unit um, and offer cheap troops um, that uh, can be used ablatively. Uh, but really, the champion here is the Kamal MSV2 multi-sniper um, who can join a core fire team of Fusiliers. In M3, um, with the addition of Zulu Cobra jammers, Helots, Zulu Cobra, can, and Kamal and a Fusilier team together made for an overlapping defense that was very, very difficult for opponents to overcome. Yeah, I have pretty, this... pretty good authority that Kamal is the second best sniper in the game, so... Uh, yeah, um, they are mathematically equivalent peak sniper in the game. Um, they and the Bolt from um, Neo Terra or from Foreign Company, um, I think is the other place that the Bolts appear. Um, they and the Bolt sniper are the mathematically the single best sniping unit in the game, as long as they're in a full core. Yeah. Um, but the the thing about N4 is that a number of things actually work against Varuna. Um, for a start off, the helots, which were a core element um, of that strong defense I was talking about, are, are irregular troops. So um, this is where, um, for the first time, uh, and a, a Panoceanian force leaned relatively heavily into irregular troops. And with a 15 trooper limit, um, you can't take three of them um, the way a lot of Varuna lists would have previously. Um, while Varuna didn't necessarily spam orders, it probably leaned into somewhere in the um, 17 to 19 order range fairly heavily, um, with, a, with the last three or four of those being you know, quite disposable. Um, and coming in under 15, all of a sudden, whether or not you can include those disposable units becomes much trickier. If you were going to play Panoceania as a new player today, Svalheimer is probably the place to start. Um, for a start off, Coldstrom is a Svalheimer starter. Um, like it, It's designed to be a starter for Panoceania, but every unit in that box um, is from Svalheimer. Um, and Svalheimer is the only Panoceanian sectorial that has been specifically designed for N4, and it really shows. 
Um, every time you build an army in Svalheima, it seems to naturally fit into about 15 orders. And it has access to one of the most ridiculous units that currently exists in the game. What's that? In the Feuerbach plus one burst Kahu, which is just bonkers. Um, in an addition where heavy armor has become much more prevalent, a high burst, armor piercing, double action, long range weapon that can be dropped into any fire team because it's wildcard, that has MSV1 so that it can see through other people's um, vision mods, that has its own um, mimetism. It's BS13. Every single one of them has NCO, so they can all call on the um, the lieutenant order if they want to. Um, Kahu are amazing at their wild card, so they can go into literally every single team, um, every single fire team that you want in Svalheimer. And on top of everything else, they have what has is the single most improved and probably single best rule. In in four climbing plus. Yeah, I mean the, the bunch of games I've played um, on TTS recently. Climbing plus has been just absolutely superb, especially with a, with a good gun, like because you can get angles and people that you're not expecting. Superb. Well, there are a few things that feed into this. Um, one of them is the change to the climb rules in in four. So previously, um, climbing had a tendency to be difficult and slow. Um, in N4, um, with one simple change, the fact that if you reach the top, as you are climbing up um, a wall, as soon as you hit the top of it, you place the unit on top of the wall, on top of the building for free. So you get an inch of movement forward um, every time you climb up a surface for free, um, which makes a surprising difference. But most importantly, um, it works seamlessly between um, units that have climbing plus and units that don't, um, because when you have climbing plus, going up vertical surfaces just counts as normal movement. So you can have a team made up of a mix of climbing plus and non-climbing plus troopers, and some of them can walk around a building while others go up the side, and they can all keep on moving together. Um, and those two things together um, have made Climbing Plus just incredible in this edition. Um, it, it's, it is the single skill that I will look for um, if I am really, really wanting mobility on troopers. Um, and, and Kahu have terrain total on top of everything else. So, yeah, they're bonkers. Um, they are fantastic. You should use them. And as soon as models appear for them, um, I think that they will sell like... Are they a new unit, unit in, um, completely new unit in, in 4, though? So there's no version of them in 3 at all? So there's no one... Uh, well, so Svalheimer was dropped just before the end of N3. Um, and we basically got told by CB... Um, Look, guys, we know this army doesn't really work very well in N3, but it's not designed for N3, so kind of just suck it up. <laughs> um, and everyone I know who played Pano basically looked at Svalheimer in N3 and was like, yeah, this is kind of rubbish. Um, but a combination of small changes um, to the rules and a combination of and small changes to the force um, when N4 arrived, has just transformed them completely. Um, they also have access to some excellent, um, to some other excellent units. Um, 
Shona Carano, uh, the character, is a, a brilliant close combat unit um, and um, can be very effective in Svalaheimer. Um, Gunnar, Lund Gunnar Lundmark um, is Un underrated by many i think um he is not well thought of um, by a lot of players but uh, again he's a unit with climbing plus that brings tactical awareness so he's got an extra order um and he can join any fire team um, and so can work well and in Svalheimer, you get dedicated orc troopers so orcs are the generic heavy infantry that appear in basically every single panosianian force um they are as boring a heavy infantry as you could possibly have, basically. Um, the only thing that they have got going for them is that they have 6-2 move now in N4. Um, but their armor 4, BS 14, Fizz 14, um, only Whip 12 and BTS 3, they're, they're dull. They're a dull, dull heavy infantry unit. Um, but um in svalheimer there are three uh, profiles for them who with yeah, climbing yeah, yeah. plus <laughs> and in case i hadn't mentioned it yet climbing plus is really good in this edition <laughs> <laughs> so you can combine them together um you can combine them together with our good friends the kahu um and another character Character like Gunnar, or um, heck, you can run them with um, with with other troopers as well. Um, and because the the climbing plus combines well with troopers that don't have it. Um, and yeah, there are a number of places where uh, Svalheimer basically just builds really, really amazing fire teams really effectively. Um, and that that's such an important aspect of learning to play well in Panoceania that Svalheimer is going to be a great place to basically learn the basics, which are then going to be applicable to any other Panosianian force that you go and play. Um, so I think that at, right now, Svalheimer is the best way to get into Pano. Uh, yeah, I guess all that climbing gives them quite a surprising quantity of uh, mobility. Oh, look, look at the Boig here, plus one burst. <laughs> uh, yeah, you should stop looking at the Boig. They're awful. Are they really? What is that? Uh, well, that's not fair. They're disappointing. Um, so the Boig are the Silhouette 5, um, com which are commonly referred to as yeah, super chunky. heavy infantry. Yeah. Um, so in yeah, the big, they're the big chunky boys. Um, the disappointing part of the Boig from a Panoceanian perspective is that despite being a size 5 super heavy infantry, it brings nothing to the table that we don't have better on existing size two regular heavy infantry. Um, so it's arm five, but we have size two heavy infantry that are arm five. It has BS 14, but we have size two heavy infantry that are BS 15. Um, it's Fizz is only 13, which is actually disappointingly low for a Pano um, heavy infantry. It's only got 12 willpower. Um, now, admittedly, it does have plus one burst on its BS attack. Um, but our, yep, our, our, our orc troopers and knights of justice can both get that by joining fire teams, which this guy can't. Um, it does have dodge bonuses, which is interesting on a pano heavy infantry, except some of the knights have dodge bonuses. So, again, not that exciting and duplicated elsewhere on size two heavy infantry. And then when it comes down to it, missile launches at burst two, the, the Mark 12 uh, not a great active there, turn weapon. Um... Now, the Mark 12 
is a little bit of a sleeper, um, <laughs> there's some value there. The the Mark 12 with plus one burst, the that boy is not is a, is not a bad option, and it can do some real work. And when I talked earlier about um, Varuna having difficulty going across the table and engaging at like medium to close range, this is where this the Mark 12 Boyg um, with a heavy pistol for when it gets in quite close. Um, yeah, that's that that's quite a strong option for just walking around the table and murdering things that are trying to hide, and and that one has some value. At the same time, a Knight of Justice with Spitfire is a size 2 heavy infantry that can do the exact same job. So... Well, you're suggesting yeah. not getting the, uh, not getting the um, sort of Beyond Caltron box because of that. Uh, yeah, I actually I wouldn't terribly recommend the Beyond Caltron box particularly, um, especially because the Missile Launcher Boig is a trap, and that's the one that comes with the box. Um, if you were going to field the Boig, you should be taking the Mark 12. Yeah, yeah. Prox- uh, that's one surprise. Not the missile launcher, game is so maybe miss out on that box. Proxy is quite strong in this game because the models can exist. Yeah, um, I mean to be fair, you can exactly the the proxy rules are so permissive that you can use it as literally anything. Um, and it is the only size five heavy infantry um, for Pano. So if you were going to proxy a Boig with anything else, you'd be looking for something from another faction. Um, but at the same time, the one of the other units that comes um, in the Beyond box is the Locust. Um, now, I started an NCA, um, the Neo-Terran Capitoline Army, which is where the Locust originally comes from. And um, the problem with the Locust is that while it's, uh, it, it appears on the surface to be a solid skirmishing unit, it's got infiltration, it's got mimetism minus six, they have some very interesting loadouts. Um, they don't have camo, which means they don't have a marker state. And the problem with being a skirmisher with no marker state is that you're starting in the middle of the table, yeah, they're not going to very, very close to the enemy, and literally right beside other enemy skirmishers. Yeah, yeah, they just die <laughs> in the first turn of the game. Your opponent just kills them, um, which means that if you don't have the first turn, and with the Pan-Oceanian disadvantage of low willpower, um, you can't rely on winning lieutenant rolls. Um, locusts have to be protected they have to be hidden um and that means you're not taking best advantage of their package of abilities um which is disappointing uh and so i find it difficult to recommend them particularly either not not in svalahan oh finally i guess um, sort of vanilla not when you um is that a thing to get worth getting into compared to at all okay um there are a lot of people out in the community that will tell you that vanilla vanilla Panoceania is one of the weakest forces in the game. Um, and to be fair, there are some significant issues with vanilla Panoceania, which basically boil down to, even more so than many other factions, a lot of Panoceanian units are really only good in their home sectorial because because in vanilla, they just get completely overshadowed by other similar options. For example, if you are looking for a peak level sniper, then there's basically no point looking at anything other than the Kamau multi-sniper. Um, it has a, a nearly perfect combination of abilities 
for a um, an active turn or sometimes an ARO sniper unit. Um, and so there isn't really much point at looking at any of the several other yeah. options that are available. Um, if you're looking for a um, an MSV-equipped HMG, there's no point looking at anything other than a Svalheimer Nice HMG. Um, at four, its points, um, it it is simply better than the other options that are available, which means it overshadows a number of other units that might otherwise have been quite interesting. And a, a huge amount of the Vanilla Pano um, army list is like this. Um, there are units which, in 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 isolation, are perfectly fine and interesting options, um, but in competition with other choices that are available in the enormous range within Vanilla Pano, they're simply overshadowed. And so I think the key, the key is, if you are going to play Vanilla Pano, um, then you should have a conversation before you get too deep um, with experienced Pano players about where, where, are, those, where are those real winners um, because it's easy to come out on the wrong side of some of those. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, Pano needs absolutely dominant peak level long range firepower because it is the only way the army can advance. If your opponent puts up strong ARO pieces, you have to be able to kill them reliably and you have to have backup options to be able to do that when the first one at some point inevitably fails you. Um, and and that demand for absolute peak level performance um, also narrows the field. Um, so things like a Nice are amazing. Things like a Swiss Guard with HMG, which again is a hidden deployment mimeti- uh, hidden, hidden deployment mimetism minus six camouflage unit. Um, this one's a heavy infantry. It's again got BS fifteen, um, and this is you compare the Swiss Guard to the Boig. Again, this is an armor five unit with um, BTS six. This has got BS fifteen, so the peak level um, Panosianian firepower. It's got that superior pH of fourteen. It's got a heavy machine gun, so it's got that extra range, um, and but it's got um, mimetism minus six, and because of hidden deployment, it can't be attacked. Um, at the beginning of the game by your opponent because it's simply not going to be on the table. Um, And it can use camouflage to bypass um, opponents that it doesn't want to deal with um, and surprise attack to leverage additional advantage against the things that it does want to kill. Um, The Swiss Guard is the kind of peak level offensive predator unit that Panosiania has to lean into uh, because it's so reliant on shooting and dominating that long-range shooting game. Um, so you find that basically in vanilla, you only have a certain small sort of set of choices in the first place rather than having more choices. Yeah. Um, it's the, the problem with vanilla is that, um, there is a huge variety of things you could choose. Um, but once again, quite a lot of them, um, even ones that might initially be attractive to a new player. Um, so for example, um, if you have bought the Coldstrom box, um, you might well consider running it as a vanilla force. Um, and you might ha- take the Knight of Justice that you got in your vanilla box, and you might consider running it as a solo piece. And 
for any other force other than Panoceania, the Knight of Justice is a perfectly solid solo heavy infantry piece. But in Panoceania, um, the Knight of Justice simply isn't good enough as a um, dominant peak level firepower long range combat unit. The Spitfire doesn't have long enough range. Um, its ballistic skill of 14 with um, no modifiers to assist simply doesn't um, cut the mustard when it comes to taking down um, strong enemy ARO pieces. Um, it's just going to lose too many firefights. And though its armor 5 and BTS 9 are great, um, if, you're, if you're losing firefights, you're wasting orders. And if you're wasting orders, then you're losing the game. It's not worth <laughs> yeah. Um, um, that's a good. Um, I'm sorry, Karen, sorry. Carry on. No, 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 no. I, I was just going to say um, it, it. It's it's easy for a new player to um, to miss how much better a Swiss Guard is than a Knight of Justice. And sure, um, a, a Swiss Guard. Um, so a Knight of Justice is 47 points um, with Spitfire, and a Swiss Guard is 62. Um, there's there's more than a fifteen point difference in the performance between those two units. Um, uh, Any sort yeah. of closing thoughts then about um, people want to get into Pano? Get onto the Pano. Get onto the forum. Join the, the Panoceanian group on Facebook. Um, there is a Pano Discord, um, which um, and we can include the. I'm sure we can include the links to all three of those things um, in the show notes. Um, I would highly recommend seeking out other um, Panoceanian commanders and having conversations. We have a wonderful community, um, a really, really supportive group of guys, um, including incredibly experienced players, um, the likes of Barakiel, um from the United States, who is an absolute champion. Michael Delab um, is a delight um, and is a genius um, and understands this game in a way that I I can only dream of. Um, and he's just one example of the wonderful community um, of people that you would be tapping into who will be enthusiastic to help you. Um, but um, yeah, my, my final tip is, is true for every Infinity Army, but doubly true for Pano. Buy some remotes. They're good and you need them. Brilliant. Well, thanks a lot for that. I'm sure we'll um, talk about it again and uh, we'll record some um, more content later on. So thank you, Jason. Genuine pleasure. Thanks and goodbye.